Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie with Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today's episode is brought to you by Family Wellness Conference, coming to you in March. And today we are continuing our interview series with a speaker from the conference, Jamie Fivecoat Larison. We're so happy to have her here. She is an herbalist and a DIY and natural remedies editor with Wellness Mama. She has trained with some notable herbalists such as James McDonald and Dr. Aviva Ram, among many others. And we are thrilled to have her on our show. We're going to talk today about her background with plants and some tips and favorite recipes and things that she has for you today. So Jamie, you were telling me that you have always had an interest in plants since you were a young girl. Um, How did that interest develop initially? So I grew up with my grandparents and my grandpa had been a farmer. So I thought it was totally normal for everybody to have seven gardens and a small (laughs) fruit orchard at their house. I thought that was just, everyone had that. And so I can't really pinpoint a moment in my life where I thought, you know, this is where I love plants now. It just kind of developed over time. So growing up Um, gardening with my mom, gardening with my grandpa. Um, We did a lot of canning and preserving with, you know, my grandma. And so Mm -hmm. just plants were very much a part of our life. And my grandma had, you know, a patch of mint growing in the yard that we would always get leaves from. And so it was just very integrated into my childhood. And um, also part of that, I think that played a huge influence is I really developed a love for nature at a young age Mm. because, um, and I don't think I would let my kids do this now, but when I was, you know, eight years old, nine years old, my best friend lived next door to me. We would just go off two miles into the woods and disappear for the whole day. And we'd build (laughs) forts and, you know, just do all the nature-y things that kids do. Mm. And so I just, I grew up in it. Yeah, that sounds so awesome. And we had an empty lot at the end of our block. I grew up in the city environment, but um, I would just go there all the time. I I and just sit there with the plants. Sounds like you got to do that a lot more often, and just sit there with the plants and smell them and really get to know them. Um, were there other others in your life that had an influence over that. And tell me a little bit more about seven gardens. Was it that like, did they have like a different garden for like each type of vegetable? Like, oh, this is all the gourds or this is all the herbs or flowers or how did, how did, how did they do that? 
Well, my grandpa was, so we had a fairly large property and my grandpa thought if it could be done, it should be done. (laughs) So (laughs) we had um, my mom's garden. So we had a shed and then I had a little garden in that area. And funny story, I planted lemon balm there when I was like 10. And I think Mm. they finally just got the last of the lemon balm out because (laughs) it grows everywhere. Mm. Um, But yeah, so we had just this larger property. And so my grandpa decided if there's space for a garden, we'll put another garden here. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yeah, he had his own system, but there was, there was quite a bit to it. Wow. So you shared a little bit about your, uh, your adventures out in the woods. Are you, do you have some other favorite memories and stories from childhood that really, um, that really made a mark on you that really, uh, that you just love and, and don't mind sharing with us? Um, well, I think the biggest part was I was given the tools and the opportunities to have these experiences. And then, um, my imagination and my creativity took over. And Mm. so I think that is kind of missing from kids' childhood now, because we expect everything to be so structured and, you know, we have organized sports and we have all of these things and kids can really thrive in an environment where they're given the, the tools and the, and have the opportunity for these experiences and just let them have at it, you know, make sure it's safe. I'm not like, yeah. I was saying, I'm not sure if I would feel okay now about my eight-year-old, you know, going off to my house <laughs> in the woods. But, you know, it, at the time I was, I guess, responsible enough and, you know, and that was, that was a positive thing. And just, um, even I had, um, I had a karaoke machine when I was younger mm. and, um, my friend and I would do a radio show. So for some reason we are, we're obsessed with Russians. So I was, <laughs> It was the Olga Corbett radio show. And I had this like thick Russian accent and we would interview other family members and just really let our imaginations run wild. And that helped me to explore all these different avenues, read all these different books that Mm -hmm. helped grow that Mm -hmm. love for herbalism in me. That sounds awesome. So, so you would recommend to people who want to encourage that love is to get them out there and let them just be wild a little bit. Um, not, not completely unsupervised, but a lot less structured. It sounds to me. Yeah. So I think if we, if we provide some guidance and give them these opportunities, you know, and get out of the way Mm -hmm. there, there's so much there because we are we are modeled after God's image, yeah. and God is a creator. He is an inventor. He is an artist. We have that in us. We just yeah. need to cultivate it and let it grow. Yeah. So on your website, the Herbal Spoon, um, you talk a little bit about that and your adventures with your kids. I saw, and you also have tons of great recipes and stories that you share. Um, and I. I I've, I read some stories about your 
your adventures with herbal remedies with your kids and using some of that uh, adventurous spirit um, and knowledge that you have to help your family um, with different things that happen as we as we as parents encounter as we go along. Um, but also, uh, you share a lot of great recipes for how you did that. And would you mind sharing with our listeners um, today some of your favorite recipes, uh, maybe as maybe a, your favorite story of um, some something that happened with one of your kids or with yourself uh, where you were using your herbal knowledge? Yeah, so I will start off by saying that one of my first memories of using herbs for medicine, is when I was about 13 years old. And at the time, my mom had been in a car accident and she was there, but she was not mentally able to really care for our family at that time. So I really had to grow up fast (laughs) and I was kind of on my own in a way. Obviously not, I was on my own, but um, so when I was about 13, I was sick with the flu and I thought, okay, I've got this. I've read of some about how to, you know, cure the flu and I'm going to go find some herbs in my yard and wildcraft Mm -hmm. and get this, you know, get this over with. And we had a ballberry tree and I had this book from Penelope Odie at the time. (laughs) And it was one of those, um, Dorling Kindersley books where it doesn't really get into details and it's probably not the best you know, definitive source for herbalism, but I made a really, really strong mulberry leaf infusion Mm -hmm. and drank a whole quart of it. (laughs) And I thought I'd killed myself because I started sweating like crazy and I was, I felt flushed and I thought, oh no, like I've done myself in and nobody even knows what I did. And I took a really long nap and I woke up feeling perfectly fine. No more symptoms. <laughs> and just, just last year, I found out that mulberry is a sweating diaphoretic. So I did not <laughs> tell myself it's supposed to do that. <laughs> but that was one of my, one of my first stories. But along with that, over the years, you know, I've come up with different recipes that maybe aren't such strong infusions and have gained a little more knowledge. But um, some of my favorite recipes, I think, are ones that aren't even on the website because Mm. it's just, it's simple stuff. And herbalism doesn't have to be complicated. And um, the, the recipes that I have on there, a lot of them are skincare recipes because so many people have different skin complaints and, um, like autoimmune issues that are manifesting skin complaints. So I've worked a lot with kids with eczema, people with psoriasis. And so I found that coming up with different herbal and essential oil preparations for that has Mm -hmm. been one of my favorite things is just helping people through those symptoms while addressing, you know, the core gut health and, addressing, you know, different herbal solutions for what they're going through. Sure. Sure. So like one of my favorite recipes I have is I think the, um, 
uh, I have a honey face wash. Mm. It's, it sounds simple, you know, raw honey and essential oils. And I think I have some hydrosols in there, but it's, it's just really effective and it smells amazing and it feels good. And I love recipes like that. Yeah. And it's wonderful that all of these things are, they're available just out in nature or we can grow them ourselves in our yards or in a big garden, um, pretty much anywhere and, uh, and have these wonderful helps available to us for just for just freely. And, uh, it's wonderful. And I, I love, um, that you're, that you're able to, to do both the get immediate relief, but also work on the more chronic internal condition that manifests itself in the skin. And a lot of, um, a lot of times the, uh, people want just the skin part and, um, working on both together as, is how to get the long-term healing. Well, eventually maybe you don't need to just address the skin aspects. And I noticed you have a lot of skin things on your website. Um, you mentioned that you were thinking about, um, that you were thinking about starting some skincare, uh, um, like remedies for sale. Is that like in the works? So um, several years ago, probably quite a few years ago now, I think it was um, nine years ago, I actually had a body care business that was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then life happened and things happened and I had to take a break from it. Mm-hmm. And it is something that I'm wanting, really wanting to pick back up again. Mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten there yet. And at the time, actually skincare wasn't even my biggest focus with it. One of my biggest sellers was um, a toothpaste. And as far as I know, I was one of the first people to do a charcoal toothpaste. This was 10 years ago. Uh So I'm sure there may have been other people around, but it wasn't widely available on the market. This was Mm -hmm. before the whole tooth charcoal toothpaste craze really took off a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think that Um, It would have been fun to be able to continue that and see it grow. Just at the time, it wasn't a good fit for our family. But Mm -hmm. I think we're in a different position now. And I've learned so much over the years that I can apply to that and relaunch the business, regrow that and provide, uh, provide something that will be very helpful to people. Yeah, I'll be watching for that. That sounds really exciting. And I mean, you have so much knowledge with that uh, over the years. And um, so what what do you think is the most important aspect of health um, to address first for somebody who's just learning about natural solutions? Or they, they don't grow herbs in their yard or maybe they live in an apartment and don't have access to that. Um, what What do you think is the first thing? to address with health and, and home and, um, growing herbs and things like that? Well, as an herbalist, of course, I love working with herbs, but I do feel like one of the most important things is nutrition because Mm -hmm. so many people I've seen, they are perfectly happy to take 
a whole pile of herbal supplements, but they don't want to change their diet. Mm, And if we don't, if we don't give our body the building materials that it needs to be healthy, we're going to continue to manifest these symptoms. And so I think the important thing is to try to get that mindset shift first, because if we get our mindset in the right place, then everything else can start to follow. It's not a conventional form of medicine where you get a symptom, you take a pill to treat it. Herbs really don't work best that way. Right. And if we can transform our health from the inside out, specifically starting with what foods we choose to eat, I think that's a really good starting point. Yeah, I I love that you say that because I've seen that too quite a lot. Um, And I think that's the way we've been trained as a society is that you just take the pill and just keep doing whatever you're doing. And, And it's really hard to change habits. It's really hard. Um, that's why our faith needs to be involved with that to help us to conquer some of those, um, some of those ingrained habits, uh, some of those things that may, we may be using food as a compensation for something or as a, a comfort or, um, as just, just habits that we need to break, uh, or if we're going to see any progress and, um, the concept that food is medicine, that I think people sometimes separate herbs are one thing and the food is a different thing. And they're both the same thing, really. Um, they're both really the same thing. And uh, I, I appreciate you saying that, um, that because it, it's important that people understand that. Do you have any um, last comments, uh, last tips that you want to share with people before we say goodbye? Yeah. So something uh, Jim McDonald had shared with me in regards to what we had been talking about with nutrition, with helping people make healthy choices and have that mindset shift is instead of thinking about what am I going to take away from my lifestyle and my diet so much, Think about what positive things am I going to add? Because if you focus on the positive, focus on what good things you're adding in, what herbal teas, what Mm. healthy foods, when you add those in, it's going to automatically push out the more bad habits. So Mm. if you're drinking a quart of herbal tea a day, you're not going to have as much room in your stomach for Mountain Dew or other sodas. So by focusing on adding good things in, it changes the perspective for people from a mindset of, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's so hard to, well, I'm going to do this positive thing for myself, this positive thing for my health. And you're going to see changes. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, we are out of time. Our show is up. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today, Jamie. is such wonderful stories and great wisdom to share. And we'll hear more from you at the conference. I'm sure that um, people will love what you have to share there too. Uh, you can follow Crunchy Christian podcast at on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at um, successful.unschooler. And we hope that you join us again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye for now. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.